Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hara. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Leaders. So happy to have you here with me this week. Very grateful in the season of giving thanks. I am so grateful for all the people who tune into the podcast weekly and who go and follow me elsewhere, whether that's on Instagram, over on LinkedIn, or maybe you are heading over to my website and seeing what courses or additional information might be helpful to you in your career. So thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. I love connecting with more of the people who listen to my podcast. So if you want to head over to Instagram and send me a DM. Tell me that you listen to the podcast. I would love to start up a conversation. Don't feel weird about it. I love hearing from people and getting to know more of you. One thing I wanted to bring up as a reminder is the option to join as a monthly membership through patreon.com. And if you're unfamiliar with what Patreon is, Trust me, I was in that same boat not too long ago, but in reality, it is a place to collect payment really and share some content, but what's really going to happen is I will add you to a private Facebook group where we will do different live meetings and where we will have a community of people who want to invest more in themselves and grow within their career. So if that sounds like you, a very low threshold is $5 per month for that lower membership. And that's basically getting additional behind the scenes, some different trainings throughout the month, ongoing conversation with what you're struggling with at work and some additional touch points for me being able to provide you some more guidance in the day-to-day so that you're able to ask me some questions. You can ask some more follow-up from different episodes and actually get a response rather than continuing to only listen to the episodes. We can start up a conversation on any of the topics that you have questions on. And then the second tier is $20 per month. And that is if you are really wanting to grow within your career. That one is going to be weekly trainings and coachings, where as the group grows, you will watch other people be coached as well as you being coached and seeing the differences between what everyone else is struggling with along their path in getting promoted. But if you think about it, $240 over the course of a year is a great investment. So if you happen to get a little bit of extra cash around the holidays, not a bad idea to think about investing in yourself and how that can help you long-term. And joining the group is such a great idea in that regard. Honestly, I wish that I had had something like that when I was trying to get promoted at work. And in reality, that's really what I'm creating my whole program and coaching around is everything that I wish I would have had along the way. 
So go check it out. It's at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash next level leaders. Go check it out. There's not a whole lot of content that I'm posting on there weekly, but of course, as you join, you'll get added to the private Facebook group, depending on which one you join. If you happen to join the $20 option where you are really investing into yourself, I mean, it's still a very low cost if you think about it per month and what you're going to be getting out of it, but you'll also be able to join the $5 per month community as well. So you'll have access to both. Go check it out. I am so ready for Thanksgiving this week. When I got COVID earlier this month, I was nervous that I might not be able to see my family and my original plans with my family was to host Thanksgiving here at our house and have my immediate family be there. But when I got COVID, some of my siblings were a little bit worried about the potential of getting it themselves or what that might look like. And I totally understand that. I don't want to jeopardize their health whatsoever. And I was honestly worried that we might be spending Thanksgiving with me, my husband, and our two children, which would definitely be an experience, but it's something that I love being around more of our family and having that be an extra special holiday. So I was really excited when we talked to his side of the family and we're actually going to be spending the weekend with them and I am so looking forward to it. I have almost gotten my sense of smell and taste fully back and I cannot wait to eat all of the amazing Thanksgiving food. I am so excited to introduce you to Denise Buckley, who I was able to speak with in regards to stepping into a new role as well as empowering students. And honestly, the conversation with her was a little bit healing for me as I thought back to how I was in high school and how I was so hard on myself sometimes and other times I wanted to give up because it was easier not to care than to worry so much about caring. Does that make sense? So speaking with her and seeing how much she cares about the students and especially her teachers and how appreciative she is of those teachers and the students and how she has their best interest in mind and wants to help them be successful. Honestly, it was healing for me going back and thinking, you know what, I probably had people in my corner and maybe I wasn't aware of it, but it was definitely a great conversation and I cannot wait for you to listen and I would so appreciate it if you share this within your social media and with your friends and family of how to be supportive and have these conversations with students, whether they are your children, siblings, nieces, nephews, whoever it is who is in your community, how you can start to have some additional conversations to really empower these kids who are going through so much, especially at this time but to also be a support in general, whether or not we're in a pandemic, how to be more of a support system to them. So let me tell you a little bit more about Denise. So Denise Buckley has been in education for over 20 years as a teacher, counselor, board member, and administrator. She is currently the Dean of Academics at Intermountain Christian School. Her focus is on how to empower her teachers so they can empower their students. 
She is married to Robert and a mom of three awesome children, two adults, and a 10-year-old. All right, we'll hop right into the episode. I know you're going to love it. All right, I would like to welcome my guest today. I am speaking with Denise Buckley. Thank you so much for being here today. Nicole, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so how I know Denise, uh, I have a mentor uh, who is her husband. I've worked with Robert for a couple of years and we've been in touch ever since. I adore Robert and I'm sure he has so many fans who reach out to him often, but he is such a great role model and mentor. And I knew when I started the podcast that I needed to have his wife on the podcast who's also doing amazing things. So I am super excited to be talking to you today, Denise. Denise, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you. So tell me about yourself, both professionally and personally, whatever you'd like to share with the listeners today. All right. Thank you. Well, I agree. Robert is a great mentor and he has helped me a ton in my leadership roles as well. My name is Denise. I was born and raised in New York and moved to Utah probably about 20, 25 years ago. I've actually lived here twice. So what that means is I love the mountains and I miss my New York pizza. So (laughs) I'm still still a New Yorker at heart. I have two adult kids, one who is um, working here in Utah and one who is a senior in college. She'll graduate in May. And then we also have a 10-year-old. So we span that. And uh, professionally, I began my career as a teacher loved being in the classroom, loved students, but my favorite part was working with them more one-on-one. And so I went back to school to become a school counselor, did that for a long time, and then recently was able to jump into some administrative roles. And currently I have a bit of a new role. I am the Dean of Academics at Intermountain Christian School. Now, tell me a little bit more. I'd love to hear about how you came into this recent position. I know when we talked originally, maybe it wasn't something that initially piqued your interest and then you decided, you know what, I might check that out. So I'd love to hear more about how you came uh, into this most recent role. Yeah, absolutely. I think to explain it best, I need to go back a, a few years. Sure. I think four years ago, four and a half years ago, I reached out to my current boss and was asking him a couple questions as I put together a resume. And he let me know that they had a part-time administrative role open and asked me if I was interested. And at first I thought, no, that doesn't really fit my background, Mm -hmm. but then decided, Hey, let's, let's try it. It's part-time. It will, it'll get my feet wet. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that my background, particularly in counseling was actually a great fit. I think both as a teacher and then as a counselor, those skills came together better than I thought to be an administrator. And I did the part-time role for one year and then came on as the upper school principal, which meant that I got to oversee grades six through 12. Mm -hmm. I did some restructuring this summer. And now as the academic dean, I oversee the whole school. So that's pre-K through 12, but only from the academic perspective. Mm-hmm. So I get to work with teachers and I get to think about curriculum and ways that we can best prepare our students for what comes next for them, whether that's moving elementary to middle school, middle school to high school, or of course, high school to college or career. Awesome. And how long have you been uh, the actual dean? Uh, since 
since July. Yeah, oh, when we did the restructuring. So just perfect. ending up that first semester, we'll finish that up here in December. Now, was it what you expected it was going to be or was there a, maybe an adjustment period? It's nice that you got to do it part-time initially to kind of get your feet wet, like you mentioned, but was there an adjustment period or was it what you expected? Tell me more about that. Yeah, great question. Like I shared, I think the biggest surprise was how much I used my counseling background, mm-hmm. whether that was working with students who um, maybe needed to readjust some of their behaviors, or if that was working with teachers on classroom discipline or classroom management, or even parents who had questions or concerns. Mm-hmm. So, so I was surprised at how much those skills lent themselves to the role of an administrator. There were other really pleasant surprises. I have always been an educator and worked with students. It was a real blessing to begin working with teachers and mm-hmm. to pouring, be pouring into them as they pour into students. That probably is the biggest shift that instead of me focusing on the kids, it's now my turn to build those teacher leaders so mm-hmm. that they can build our students and it took a bit of adjustment because I missed some of that one-on-one time with students, but it's been really rewarding. I love working with educators. They're a great group. Yeah, that's amazing. So are you saying that you mostly work with the teachers and you're guiding them in how to empower their students or maybe walk me through a little bit more what that looks like? Yeah, for me, it helped to really delineate that focus. One of the one of the challenging parts about being a school administrator, and, and it's really probably a leader anywhere, is the day is so fast and the mm-hmm. crises big and small come at you all at once. And so for me, having a framework to say, I need to pour in to the adults and let the adults pour into the kids allows me to better prioritize how I handle those things. So that could be meeting one-on-one with a teacher to help them prepare for a discussion with a parent. Maybe it's a a parent who's angry or who is having some conflict. How can I empower the teacher to have that conversation? Or it might be thinking about, hey, we are looking at our math scores. They are not where we want them to be. How can we do things differently in the math classroom? How do we evaluate our curriculum to make sure that we are doing the best we can Mm -hmm. for our students? So it's that that perspective helps me to prioritize my time. Yeah, definitely. And I love what you're saying because it truly takes someone who steps into that leadership role as the dean to say, you know, I need to know what I can focus on and change because like you said, I you have so many students, so many teachers, you can't focus on all of those small crises like you mentioned throughout the day so it's all about how you're leading your team which is the teachers and how do you empower them to also help their students but then you're on that next phase of thinking okay how do we think bigger picture in regards to curriculum to also help these students learn and grow in the best of ways so I I love that you shared that because it really takes that leader to understand that you want to have an impact on those students, but you recognize you can't always have a direct impact because of the fact that you know that you prioritize those teachers who then do that for you by your guidance, right? Right. Yeah. When I was a guidance counselor, which I did for 
15 years. Mm -hmm. My, my priority with students in that role was how can I help maximize their options to really get them to understand that what you do in high school, even in ninth grade Mm -hmm. helps you have a lot of options when you graduate. And so that was always my mantra with them is what can you do now? Whether that's learning how to study, doing your homework, joining clubs to learn how to be a leader, that sort of thing. So that when you graduate, you don't just have one little option. You have 10 different things, 20 different things to choose from. And I, Mm -hmm. I think I try that same perspective with teachers. How can we maximize the options that they have for working with students? Because one of the great things about educators is they're all very creative and they're all very different. So Mm -hmm. I don't prescribe one way for them to teach students or to run their classroom, but trying to empower them with different professional development or different opportunities so that they can sort of draw on their own strengths. Like one might be super good at working with students in a group. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's how they're going to run their classroom. Another one is going to be better with hands-on, you know, collaborative design and, and really giving teachers the freedom to find out what their strengths are and to use that in their classroom mm-hmm. is, is a way I get to do what I used to do with students and now do that with, with the adults. Yeah, that seems like it melds perfectly uh, with your background and what you're currently doing. So I loved when we were initially on a phone call talking about you know, how things tend to work out that way in a position that you weren't totally sure about. And then you stepped into it and you're realizing, wow, this is really in a really powerful spot for you to utilize so many different skills. I would love to hear a little bit more about maybe how you empower students to have a voice in their choice once they graduate. You, You mentioned a little bit about that. How do you go about that through the teachers or maybe having some direct conversations of empowering them to have a choice once they graduate? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. You know, I think it's this balance of readiness and risk. Mm -hmm. There are, there are things, for example, in high school that students just have to do. They have to take a certain amount of math classes and science classes, and that's the readiness portion. And so as the academic dean, it's my responsibility to make sure we are doing all we can to get them ready, that our curriculum is strong, that our teachers are, you know, going deep with them so that they can think well and communicate well. So from that perspective Mm -hmm. of, of helping them to be ready. And then, you know, you miss that, mix that with wanting to take some risks. And for students that could be trying an elective that they would never want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a super strong debate team. We've won state several times, a phenomenal uh, debate coach. Well, you know, you take a student in ninth or 10th grade who might be a little shy or a little quiet and encourage him or her to take debate. Like, no way, that's too scary. But for some students, they've tried it, they've loved it. they've, They've developed that courage to be able to speak publicly, whether that's giving an oratory or doing a Lincoln Douglas debate. So, but that was a risk, right? And so it's a small one, but it gets them ready to take those bigger risks when they're a senior. You know, likewise, it could be an AP class. You know, we prioritize at our school having options for advanced placement courses, a little bit harder, you have to take the exam Mm -hmm. or dual enrollment. We have arrangements with some colleges so that students can earn college credit early. Again, it's getting them ready in small ways for those risks. You know, try an AP class as a sophomore. 
try a dual enrollment class as a junior and and see how you do and you know, when they hit their senior year that first semester when they have to be looking at colleges maybe they're a little bit more ready to say hey i'm going to go out of state i'm going to be courageous enough to go out of state or i never saw myself as a college student but i'm going to try the community college and see what i can learn mm-hmm. i've had students say you know i'm going to take a year off and i'm going to go do missionary work for a year that's a huge risk but if we've built them up along the way taking those baby risks and being successful or learning from mistakes, they're ready when they're 18 to kind of jump off and do their own thing. Yeah, I love that. I It's funny, I actually took debate in high school for mm-hmm. one of my years and I was in that exact same position. I wish I had a better relationship with my school counselors at that time or that they were a little bit more in involved maybe because I would have loved to have someone push me in that direction I somehow ended up taking it anyways and it was so helpful I learned so much I gained so much confidence within that short amount of time taking that class and going out and traveling it was the first time I'd ever actually flown on a plane Uh, we went to Tempe Arizona for one of the debate tournaments and it was so much fun I had a blast I was probably not that great at debate but it was so much fun learning and really getting to see so many different personalities and styles and really kind of getting out of my comfort zone was learning a little bit more about debate and improv and Congress and politics and all that kind of stuff. So I love that you mentioned that. And I think you bring up a great point. I mean, sometimes that that readiness and risk is is getting on that airplane and going to Tempe, Arizona. Mm -hmm. We try to do that with our students as well, whether that's through, we have trips in the spring. Um, One trip is to Mexico where students work in an orphanage. We've had students go camping. um, And in May, if you go camping in Wyoming, sometimes it snows on you and that's what happens. How do you deal with that unexpected, unplanned, you know, challenge and you know, that's that's just another thing that I, I love about this role is being able to create those kind of environments as well. How do we get them out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. to teach them about the world so they open their eyes beyond their own experience and to, to sort of whet their appetite for being brave when they get to make their own decisions at 18? Definitely. Yeah, I, I love I'm like going back through my high school and uh thinking about all the opportunities that I had for different traveling and things like that. And you don't think about it in the moment, how much that really is preparing you. Like you mentioned that risk versus reward and risk and choice and feeling like, oh, there's this specific guided path, but then also realizing there's so many more opportunities out there. And it's really cool looking back on that from different trips that I was able to go on through um, high school and even middle school of how much that really did help me learn about, you know, different choices and really understanding also when I wasn't making the best decisions on some of those, you know, sneaking out of our cabin in uh, Yellowstone, Wyoming, about what the repercussions were also going to be with that. So lots of learning opportunities. I love it. So I'd love to hear maybe what advice you have to share with someone who has maybe school-aged children or relatives in regards to helping them feel supported in having that choice and not assuming that 
everyone's going to want to go straight to college like you mentioned. How does someone like myself or other people tuning in be more of a proactive advocate and have those conversations? Because I have some uh, teenage nieces and nephews and I'm trying to think, I haven't really had those conversations. So how would you suggest going about that and being more of an advocate and starting to have these conversations about their choice? Yeah, excellent question. I And I think there's some, there's always the challenge, right? Because teenagers and, and, and really more middle schoolers, but, but still a little bit in high school, mm-hmm. their number one priority sometimes is just to fit in. I don't want to be different. I don't want anyone to notice me for something that doesn't fit the norm. And there's that pressure. Yes. And I think it's, it's step-by-step step encouraging students that one, they are uniquely made with unique gifts, and that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. and it's okay to sort of explore those, even if it might not be the popular ones. It's easy to be a basketball player. It might be harder to be a debate nerd, right? Like yeah. it, it might be socially a, a risk. But I think to, to help students, even as young as elementary school, mm-hmm. I love when parents can, and teachers do this really well, to start speaking into the gifts they see in students. Whether that's you know a fourth grader, hey, you're really creative. You write really good stories, or you know you're really good at listening to your friends. Those those small bits of encouragement start to help students see who they are. Yes. And I think as they work through those you know teenage years and pull all those bits of data together, you know I get good grades in English, not so good in math, but my mom says I'm a good listener, and my friends come to me with their problems. Well, that that student has now figured out this might be who I am. Mm -hmm. And so I think if family members and educators can step into that by giving those, those bits of information and then by giving them opportunities, you know, Hey, you're, you're a great, great friend, a great listener. Let's go volunteer at this, you know, after school, you know, boys or girls club and see Mm -hmm. how you do. And they might say, Whoa, I did not like that at all. Okay. So that's not your thing, but Maybe you like one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's sending those messages of what their natural abilities are, encouraging them to try things that might not feel so natural, and then yes. giving them the opportunity to practice it. Because once they've had a series of experiences, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be more willing to take a risk. And you might have to explain that to them because they might not see, well, yeah, I babysit and everybody likes me, but that's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But it is. You show up on time. Mm-hmm. Um, they call you back. The the kids really like you. That actually is a valuable thing. Or, you know, if you have a student who, you know, mows lawns. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no big deal. I just do it because I want money. Yeah, but you've developed this maturity to show up and to to do what you're told and to do a good job and, and helping them connect that to what's next. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you're saying of how teachers are encouraging as well. And I think sometimes when we get a little bit more connected, maybe they're our own children, maybe they are our relatives and we think, Oh, we should point them in a specific direction. But I love what you're saying about your teachers is they focus on the things that they're good at and they're not necessarily pointing them in a specific direction and giving them that pressure. I think obviously kids growing up in this generation already have so many pressures and there's so many distractions and everything else going on. So 
adding that pressure of saying, oh, well, my parents really want me to do this specific sport because they always did that sport, but I'm not really passionate about that. What happens then? Or, you know, maybe they want me to go to this college because my family all went to this college or I had siblings that went to college or I feel really pressured to go to college because I'm the youngest and no one else has gone to college but my family wants to say we have one of our kids who have gone to college so I love the focus of talking about their strengths and maybe giving some suggestions of things to try out like you mentioned you know uh, trying a volunteer after school or joining uh, maybe some sort of group within the school to see what they're interested in and guess what if it doesn't work out that's okay I think even sometimes as parents or relatives we think oh we need to see this through and you know sometimes that will make sense but also you know, getting your feet wet and trying a couple things out. Maybe try going out for choir because you like to sing. Maybe you're not the best, but that doesn't mean you can't, you know, sing with everyone else. You just might not do solos if that's not what you're comfortable with. Or, you know, maybe it's doing something completely different where you're, you know, getting yourself out there and volunteering with whatever organization. But knowing that it's okay to get your feet wet in some certain areas. And I think that's kind of the message that you're sharing, which I appreciate. And one of the things a mentor once told me, and this was about students, but I think it's applicable Mm -hmm. to everybody is uh, remember that the story's not over yet. You know, if you have a student who struggles through high school because they just don't really love school, like it doesn't mean the story's over. You might find that by the time they hit 22, they have fallen in love with, I don't know, data analytics. Uh And so now they're going to go to college. This kid who hated writing essays doesn't have to write essays because, you know, he gets to focus on math Mm -hmm. or, you know, you have somebody who loves school and she goes to college and after two years is like, I just don't like this. Again, the story is not over. Having the freedom to recognize that there's a whole bunch of opportunity out there Mm -hmm. and And to really encourage people just to keep trying. It might not look exactly like we think it's going to look, but that's okay. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Denise. Is there anything else? I don't have any questions for you uh, at this point, but do you have anything else that you want to share? Any last message uh, for anyone who is tuning in? Wow. I think, you know, I think maybe a bit of my story is just, what I've been talking about, Um, take the risk. If you are offered a job that you're like, oh, this is not what I went to school for, not what Mm -hmm. my experience would suggest that I'm going to be good at, try it. Um, You know, I think in my situation, I was like, "Eh, all right. You know, I I don't know that I did it with full confidence or even maybe full enthusiasm. Sure. (laughs) But I've, I've really come to love it and find a whole new way to grow and to learn and to challenge myself and, and found that some of what I did go to school for and what I did have experience in leads into it. And so it wasn't as different as maybe I, I would have thought. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I decided to take the risk and jump in. And um, it's just been a whole new learning curve. And yes. at, at my age, when I've already had 20 years experience, it's a huge blessing to be able to learn something brand new and Mm-hmm. and to fail and to learn and to risk and to grow. Definitely. Well, awesome, Denise. That is amazing. You've been full of great information. And I love every time I do an episode, I always like joke about how I get chills, but 
frequently throughout our conversation, I had chills of just thinking about, you know, you stepping into a new role, like you mentioned, something that was a little bit out of your comfort zone. It was exactly what you were saying, taking that risk. And you kind of uh, followed that full circle with, you know, empowering students to do the same and uh, really being an advocate for them and for the teachers. And and I, I really love that. So thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Nicole. All right. That episode with Denise was nothing short of amazing. I loved the opportunity to speak with her. And honestly, the whole theme of being empowering and what she's doing with her teachers to empower her teachers and then having the teachers then empower their students. I absolutely loved that. And, you know, I talk about how I get chills through my conversations with all of these great people who I've had the opportunity to interview. And I love when Denise mentioned that your story isn't over and talking about risks and being comfortable to take those risks. And honestly, I wish I had someone like Denise in my corner when I was in high school, because when I think back to my high school aged self, I realize I'm an Enneagram 3 achiever and I want to do the best that I can do in all of these different things that I'm taking on, but I wasn't always the best student and that was hard for me to understand that it's okay that I'm not an A student in every single class. I think that that's kind of the assumption that you need to always get good grades and that will then lead to more opportunities in college and scholarships and all that kind of stuff. But I do wish I had someone who could talk me through a little bit of the reality. And like Denise mentioned, saying your story isn't over yet. Uh, high school does not define you. And I think so many of you who listen to this are obviously not in high school, but maybe you can think back to your high school age self as well and give yourself a little bit of grace. Sometimes I... I look back and I am maybe feeling ashamed or feeling like I didn't try hard enough, but I realize, you know what, I need to let some of that go. And today was such a good conversation in that and realizing, you know what, I took some risks and not all of them worked out. I know that I wasn't always the best student and that's okay because my story wasn't over yet and I found so much success since then. And now what do we do with that information? We help other students who are now going through that, especially right now during a global pandemic. How can we be more of a support and advocate to our nieces, our nephews, our own children, anyone who we are surrounded by? How can we be a bigger support and advocate for them like Denise mentioned, and I know that you have some guidance and direction of where to go because of that conversation. Denise also mentioned after we stopped recording how much she appreciates her teachers and everything that they are doing through this pandemic to support their students. You can tell how much she cares about her teachers and her students, and I could feel that through our conversation. All right, if this episode was helpful for you, I would love for you to share it, especially because this episode is a little bit unique in the fact that 
We talked about empowering students and it's something that I haven't talked with other guests about. So I'd love for you to go out and share this episode with your friends and family and network because you never know who needs to hear this message. And if this resonated with you at all, I would love for you to share it out with your network to allow more people the opportunity to hear how Denise is empowering students and how they can then do the same. All right, until next week, see you later. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram, and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it, and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.